Cola Faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola Podcast. Meow. I am Joseph Martin, and this is podcast number 89. With me today, I have Nathaniel Hoover, Diana Gray, and Shannon Hoover. Everyone, introduce yourselves, if you please. Meow. Oh, you said podcast this time, right. I'm Nathaniel Hoover. I'm a staff writer and editor for GameCola.net. I do a lot of things all over the site and on the YouTube channel as well, GC.net. I'm Shannon Hoover. I am a staff writer. I'm next. (laughs) She's hiding her face in shame. Oh, no, it's okay. You can go if you want to. No, we're not doing this again. Diana, go. Hey guys, I'm Diana Gray, resident fangirl of GameCola.net, and uh, rather lazy editor, and I contribute stuff. It's great. Go ahead, Shannon. I'm Shannon Hoover, and I'm a staff writer. That's it. That's all I do. I still love you. (laughs) Well then, now that we've finally started the podcast, after tons of things that you viewers, listeners, I always call them viewers, but they're not. They're listeners. There's nothing to view. It's a podcast or podcast. Well, unless you're watching this on YouTube at GC.net. Right, but I mean... It's like two I years guess, from now. Do people really just like go and like on the YouTube and then they just look at the, the still picture the whole time the podcast is going? They're technically looking at something. They're viewing a thing. Yeah, but they're not viewing us. So? In any case... I forgot what I was going to say, so it doesn't even matter. Anyway. Okay. That was easy. This is off to a great start. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. You know what? <laughs> We're going to acknowledge it by saying, let's start with the topic of cats in video games. How does that work? Um, cats in video games? Yeah. Yes. Sure. There's birds. I, Diana, as you're well aware of, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, they, <laughs> holiday star coming out. Yeah. So cats, like birds, except I don't. I mean, uh, there's oh, there's definitely like at least ten cat dating sims. I'm oh, sure. Oh, oh, I got oh, it. Yeah. I got but it. They're all cat I got girl it. ones. This like, summer at Anime Expo, I cosplayed as Hee-jung, the girl from Dandelion, which is brought to you, which is another dating sim, and you. Can- can date cats. There are two of them. Well, like cats or like just people with a couple okay, cat features. Well, here's the thing. You're a struggling college student, which I can relate to all too well. And uh, you wake up and you find these random five animals in your room. And there's three bunnies and two cats. And stuff happens. And eventually they turn into really attractive men. And you're like, oh, great. I have five attractive men living with me now. Which one am I going to date? And two of them are cats. <laughs> what are you going to do with the other four? Like, they still live in your house. Yeah, we're all best friends. And you're a struggling college, you're a struggling college person. Don't ask how that works. And you can afford to, like, these people just became, they were animals. On the weekends. And became people. Yes. So they don't have, like, any social security numbers or ID or record of their existence. Actually, this whole game takes place in Seoul, so. In what now? In, uh, in your soul. Korea. In my soul? In Korea. It, I still don't. In I, the city of soul. City of soul in but, Korea. But still, I mean, the, the rules for that sort of thing can't be that different. <laughs> I think They're you're all so, really attractive, if that matters. Regardless. That's somehow Ben's rules. <laughs> you, you need ID to get, like, a job. But or not to, a date. Not a date, no. Yeah. The only <laughs> ending I've actually uh, finished is one of the cats so feeding five people is a ton of money but they're all really attractive right but they still have (laughs) like they're not gonna be very attractive if you starve them 
They're not starving. I work on the weekends. <laughs> That's not enough. <laughs> it's just a, it's just you a like, train wreck of a game. Are you like a CEO of a major company over the weekends? <laughs> no. Like, we, is... we get by, me and my five attractive men. <laughs> my reverse harem. Oh my gosh. It's great. Okay. It'll it, it'll show up on my channel eventually, I'm sure, and then you can find out. Slightly less romantically focused cats in video Ooh. games, perhaps. Well, I just wrote a review for a game called Jones on Fire. Oh, that's like, right, yeah. She is a female firefighter whose only job is to save cute kitties from the impending burning apocalypse because kitties are cute and should be saved. And you, it's an endless runner. You run, you jump, you avoid getting set on fire, well, or you purposely get set on fire, depending on what your mission is, and you save a whole bunch of cats and golden cats and special cats and cats with hats. And cats What kind of hats. mission involves you purposely setting yourself on fire? There's a mission to toughen yourself up, so you need to get set oh. on fire a certain number of times because it gives her leathery skin and helps her protect against further... Fire oh, all right. Okay. Does that does that I actually can, happen that. in game? Like after like afterward, you have more fire resistance. No, <laughs> you have to buy upgrades, and somehow the cats are the currency. Not sure how that works, but well, you can only spend what you save. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a really awesome game. It's simple but that works for it because it doesn't need the bells and whistles it's just it has exactly the right amount of challenge and exactly the right amount of cats and it was fun to watch she played a bit of it for me yeah you it's got a really great soundtrack like too great soundtrack oh that's always good so i have some cats cat cat games game game cats game cata cat cola uh chrono trigger has this lovely oh, yeah. little side thing that is completely non-essential to the plot. You've got the Millennial Fair, and you've got all sorts of games you can play at the fair, one of which earns you a cat. And I just, I love that, you know, you play this mini game and you kick the cans, the monsters, and then, here, have this cat. Hooray! And now there's a blue cat to accompany your yellow cat, that says the colorblind guy, so take that with a grain of salt. And then you've got two cats. And then you keep playing the game, and then you come back, and then there are three cats. And then you keep going, and then there are four cats, and five, and six, and you just keep accumulating cats to the point where, depending on which ending you get, there's one or two endings where you just have this parade of cats following you around at the end. It's quite lovely. I approve. What's the maximum cats? number of cats? I don't do. know. I think it caps out somewhere in the six to eight range, maybe nine. Um, it depends how much you feed them, because you also win cat food at the fair. Okay. It's been ages since I did that last. So that's what that would gets more. That's what gets you more cats. Yes. Interesting. So yeah, an interesting thing is, I think all of our examples so far, you've never gotten to like play as the cat. Like I feel like playing as a cat should be would be an interesting game. Well, I'm thinking. Well, you've also got Mega Man Five for Game Boy. You can summon Tango, who is a mm -hmm. robot cat, to go curl up into a ball and attack your enemies. In in Mario, oh, what Mario 3D World? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do power up. That's one. That's that. You that's the, you can climb up walls. You can claw, which like only, which is kind of tenuous because there's like a very like thin line between I am running into an enemy while swiping them with my claws, and I am running into an enemy and getting hurt because I ran into an enemy. 
Just keep your claws out in front of you at all times. Walk around sort of like Frank. That's what I would do. Um, and then what else can you do? You have a whole cat. You, you know, it's not really a homing attack. It's just a dive that's impossible to do with real life physics. Because you like jump up and then all of a sudden you go down at a diagonal even though you jumped straight up. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Oh, hmm. it's the Old Republic, too. Um, you play as... It, it's a race of cat people. Uh, the Cathar, I believe. Um, there is one character you can add to your party who is a cat person. Oh, and Khajiit from oh, Elder Scrolls. Sure. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was going to say Skyrim, yeah. Sweet cigar. <laughs> cat people. Oh, and what's that bad game that I bought you? That, like, <laughs> oh, Neko-chan yeah. and ne- Neko-chan Hero and Neko-chan Land, I think, which are very, very basic... Well, the one's a Mario-esque platformer that has none of the charm or gameplay. Um, and the other one it is... It was based off of a different game that we had never played before. Yeah, and there was one that was, you're on an overworld map, press the button to move to the next level on the overworld map, and don't get hit by the random junk that's swirling around you. Which was random. like... A, that was an entire game, so but it's, it's like the kind an, of thing that you do is like a small portion of some other better game. Yeah, it's like a game made out of just the overworld of Mario 3. Yeah. Right. So I was I was not terribly impressed. It wasn't awful, but it was not enough to warrant keeping I feel like I've heard of that game, though, before. What was it called again? Yeah, me too. It was, I think it was Neko-chan Hero was the overworld map one, and Neko-land, Neko-chan-land... I feel like I've heard of this. I'm gonna see. If you're if... on Steam, you could get like the trilogy of Neko games for seventy nine oh, no, cents or something isn't... like that, and they put all the best parts into the preview video. Yeah. So the preview video looked awesome and it had this awesome music, and I'm like, well, you have to buy this game, and so I bought it, and then it was just awful. Yeah, it looks very Super Mario World looking at these screens. Well, not like there it's it's like it's either really bland or Super Mario World, like the art <laughs> assets cuz like you've either got like a completely just like one color background or the uh there's like the background platforms look like just a recolored Mario World thing. One of the great reasons for having a backloggery <laughs> is to take a look at it during podcasts and come up with ideas that are relevant to the conversation topic. Christmas Cat. I played Christmas Cat. Uh, that was in one of my Flash Flood columns back when I was still more or less actively writing uh, Flash Flood, which is you... It, apparently it's a three-star game. Um, I remember it not being... Oh, it was all the technical issues that were problematic. But yeah, you play as a cat trying to deliver presents, which was a really cute, cute game, but not terribly playable. Let's see if I can come up with something else. No other cats anywhere? I can't think of anything. Oh, they even have, like, Yoshi coins in, in, the uh, cats too? in, in, uh, Cat Land, I think. This is a picture of. Oh, okay, so here's, here's another one. Karaoke Revolution, at least one of the games, if not a couple of the different games, have a cat costume that you can put your singer into, and it's ridiculous and wonderful. <laughs> Which is especially funny when you create a character that looks like you, and you dress it up in the huge cat costume, and it's a very silly cat costume. It sounds kind of like what you would do. I, you could probably do something like that in like the Tomodachi Life game. You can. Yeah. <laughs> I figured. Actually, uh, there's probably a cat costume. I don't think I've seen it yet. I have hamster costumes for pretty much everyone. Do you keep up with that game still, or is it something Not as that's much like- as I did... 
Uh, I still check in occasionally on days when I'm bored and want something mindless to do. But lately, my time has been consumed by Story of Seasons. So uh, I've been nonstop going at that game, basically. So I really need to that game and get some other games back in. I of course. Super boss. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Everything. All the games that I still need to finish are like hitting me all at once right now. Now that you've said that. <laughs> of course. Who could forget Zero Wing, which has cats? Well, cats do have zero wings. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Cannot be denied. And then, of course, if we're you know going in the broader cat group, you've got tigers. So there are plenty of games that feature tigers as enemies, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the one Space Quest game with the giant moon cat. Moon cat, moon cat. You're supposed to say moon cat with me. No. No? Oh. <laughs> no moon cat tonight. Yeah, Space Quest Valhalla Strikes Back has a moon cat that you need to confuse to get past it. Um, and that's also got a uh, zebra-striped cat person receptionist as well. Yeah, we just took to singing Mooncat to the tune of Moon Shadow every time we played through the game, <laughs> for some reason. I have two cats in Story of Seasons, just saying. <laughs> they bring so, me stuff. Is it a Harvest Moon game, or yeah, is it just uh, like Harvest Moon? Okay, well, here's the thing. Confession time. I never played any Harvest Moon before this game, so I don't actually know if I'm the right one to answer that question. But from what I know about Harvest Moon, it is very, very, very Harvest Moon-esque. I don't know if it's like, it's not officially called Harvest Moon Story of Seasons or anything, but it's very, very similar to Harvest Moon. And I still have not gotten my boyfriend to marry me, so it's not going well for me right now. Because you're playing Harvest Moon games? No, my, my, I don't, no. My boyfriend in the Harvest Moon game, Nathaniel, keep up. Oh. There's also yeah, Quest for Glory. You've got the Kata, I believe they're called. The other cat people. <laughs> so many cat people. Oh, Moo 2 has a race of cat people. Right, Master of Orion 2. And other Master of Orion games, presumably. Why do I want to call them the Kill Rafi? That's Wing Commander, which also has cat people. So there are a lot of cats in video games. Yes, apparently so. Apparently. So welcome to GameCola.net, your resource for lists of games with cat people in them. Or just, or just cats reg- in general. Yeah, or just regular cats. We're oh, not picky. Oh, I got one. Uh, there's a cat in, guess what? Ace Attorney, Justice for All. There's a cat. Uh, it, It is a thing. It helps you find where Maya's kidnapped. So the cat is extremely useful and critical to the game. And it has a meow sound effect. Yay! That does not, doesn't seem important for a cat. It's very important, actually. Its name is Shu. Don't ask. <laughs> No relation. Does it also live in Seoul? No. Because this is shoe. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't funny. Yes, it was. I don't care what you think. I will have my own jokes, and I will think they're funny. There are cats in Earthbound that you can there talk are. with. Weren't there, there magical are. flying cats in yeah. Magic Ant? Uh, there uh. were flying men. Flying mans. I don't I remember there being I think there were flying cats. cats. In in Earthbound two in Magicant the well, magical realm yeah yeah well there's a Magicant in Mother and in Mother two Earthbound and I haven't played Mother three yet but presumably there's one I there too I thought there were like magical floaty cats magical floaty cats not the right enemy oh as enemies yeah well that would have been in Mother maybe they, maybe uh, they're I floaty watched cats Mother in a long, I haven't watched a playthrough of Mother in a long time there might be I don't remember any in Mother three. I watched that a bit more recently. Which I've been meaning to play at some point. 
I'm still trying to get it to work. It's a work in progress. Oh, well, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, you can play as Maria, who gets to summon a giant tiger that you can ride around, which is awesome. And she also has an attack where she throws cats oh, that's at right. people. Yes, that's right. Pelt you with cats. <laughs> that sounds yes. amazing. <laughs> that is by far my favorite Castlevania game. Uh, Maria alone is worth a whole point. <laughs> Well, she can summon a dragon. She can sing vampires to death. I mean, she's just pretty awesome. It seems like, how is she not vastly overpowered in this game? Well, she kind of is, actually. Okay. But it's a completely different gameplay style. Oh. Because the, the general idea is, okay, you've played through with Richter. It's classic Castlevania. You've learned the boss patterns. You've had your fun. Now let's just get ridiculous. We've established you can beat the game. Now have a lot of fun with it. Okay. So it's kind of like a new game plus sort of thing. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you, play as her to start out with. You need to play through as him first. I you believe. you need to rescue her, and I think as soon as you rescue her, and she's pretty early on in the game. Um, I think as soon as you rescue her, you can play as her. But my first time through, I didn't even realize that you could unlock doors with keys, <laughs> or I I never had the key when I got to a door. Um, so I I had uh, I didn't find her until I was all done. Is that one of the first, is Rondo of Blood one of the first ones that hits that quote-unquote Metroidvania style? No, it is, it is in fact one of the last ones that is not Metroidvania. Um, it, I think it very well might be like the last or second-to-last classic style Castlevania game before they started putting in lots of exploration and backtracking and things. So it's the last one before it starts getting Metroidvania. Yeah, or close to it. Okay. Is anybody else uh, keeping up with the news about the new Castlevania like fan funded game that's going to come out? Soon? Oh, the Kickstarter one. Yeah, I What's funded that? it. I don't. I don't follow anything on Kickstarter yeah, I, until it it's a amazing. finished product. I don't pay attention. Yeah, like it was really cool. Um, I just thought it was awesome to see so many people. I, I, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again anyway. I feel like it was amazing to see so many gamers come together to fund something that we love and one of my favorite game shows actually ended up being flown to japan to host the final hours of the kickstarter wow. like with all the creators and everything and a fun fact the translator guy that was there was the original voice of phoenix right huh? uh, just saying <laughs> i was really impressed wait which but which original voice the original the, from the trilogy voice. the uh, english voice from the trilogy okay it was pretty cool but it was just it was really cool to see i feel like they raised so much more than they were supposed to. I don't even remember how much at this point, but I was just thinking about it the other day because I just got my, like, fan gamer survey to fill out for all the stuff that's going to get shit to me. And I'm pretty excited about it. But they uh, they hyped it up a lot at PAX. They had a panel for it and everything that I haven't gotten around to keeping up with yet. So I'm going to be really interested to see how what kind of style he's going to use for this new game, how it's going to work out. Everything looks great so far. You guys missed out. You should have funded it on Kickstarter. <laughs> See, I've I've gotten into the habit of I don't. I, first of all, I I I don't. I haven't funded any Kickstarter campaigns before. That's just that's just not. It's not really out of any like I haven't. It's not like a decision I've made. I've just never felt that motivated to support something that early. Because first of all, one of the things is like as soon as. The first thing I do after here, like, I'll get excited about a Kickstarter campaign while it's going on, but then, like, as soon as the campaign is over, I just, like, I try to even forget that it even happened, 
because you're not going to hear about the thing for like games take a long time to make. Yeah, it's going to take a long time. I mean, that was the thing they were they were really upfront with that in the beginning. They were like, this game is not going to be finished until like a really long time from not really long, but like a fairly good amount of time from now. Yeah. Yeah. I think they said 2017, if I remember right. Because it it seemed like as far as I could tell that they were they were still really early in the the process. Because like because it and it depends from game to game, like. You know, you could have a game that's still in its basic conceptual stages, like not even stuff has been programmed, like Mighty Number no. Nine, or you could have something like Ukulele, where it seems the impression that you get is that it when they were doing the Kickstarter, they had like the me- the basic mechanics of the game worked out, and now it was just like level design and like making the stuff that was really what they needed to do but even still like you just you just check out and now what's happening is we've finally gotten to the point where a lot of these big games that were funded by kickstarter are starting to be ready to come out or starting to come out like um a hat in time was one that had a lot of hype around it when it was first released then they had to make the game so it hasn't been heard from in a while but now people have started i don't know when i'm trying to figure out when it comes out but they've like they've done a lot i don't know how when is it gonna? When is it gonna release? Yeah, I remember it getting delayed. But see, if if you're not like expecting it to come out, then that doesn't even matter to you. I'm so, I, I yeah, sounded I didn't because I'm personally looking. back that one, but. But like I've seen, I've seen like the fir- like they've done like the first three levels they've released as a demo, and it looks good from that. And it's like now I can be excited about it because we're getting to the point where it's getting close enough to being done, like. In the same vein as getting excited about something that's released at E3 that you know is not going to be ready for a while, but you can still get excited about it because you know it's going to be. I'm sorry, you mentioned E3, and I think I mentioned on the last podcast I was on that I've been listening through all of the old Game Cola podcasts that are very gradually, you know, like the the backlog that's now being ported over to YouTube, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like seven or eight in, yeah, I'm like eight or nine actually in, and it's amazing. Um, throughout certain portions of our archives, that there's just multiple podcasts where we talk about E3. So wait, you've, you've reached you've reached podcast eight or nine. Yeah, I'm going back from the very very beginning, and already then there were some conversation topics that we just kept coming back to every single podcast. And then there's a, we still do that another now. group of them. Yeah, there's another group of them too, where it's like, hey, E3 2011 just happened. Let's talk about this for three four podcasts. Well, yeah, I'm so I'm at. I've been doing the same. I've been listening to it while doing my drawing homework, um, which takes a long time. Um, but so I, what am I on now? I think I'm on like 19 or 20 by now. I have to pull it back up because I <laughs> closed it out. But like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the, we talk, they talked about E3, you, I don't know what pr- pronouns to use because it wasn't me, but you were there sometimes, Nathaniel. Right. And then there were, like, the two podcasts where they just played a DS game. Those are my favorite podcasts. Games. Those are my and favorites. I come back to those constantly. What was really great on the original posting of those videos, so for those not in the know, um, the earlier, uh, earlier, earlier podcasts, uh, 15 and 16 off the top of my head, um, the podcast crew who were recording played this ds game called drama queens which is exactly what you'd expect from a ds game named drama queens um and they played it on the podcast 
And it's supposed to be like this, oh, boys, and got to go to the mall and got to get my hair done and all of these stereotypical girl things. And it was a bunch of guys in Lizzo and Vanjie sitting down and playing it together. And it was ridiculous and it was silly. And on the original posting back when we had the 10-minute limit on YouTube videos and we had to break it up into multiple parts before we started combining everything, the one of the creators of Drama Queens left a comment saying, I am so glad you guys are playing this game this way. This is exactly how we meant it to be played. <laughs> what? Oh, I never awesome. knew that. That's amazing. We should come back to that game. Does Paul still have it? Let's I'm sure it he must. Paul, how Paul, could you sell a game like Paul that? Paul talked about it. Like, Did he? For the next like, five podcasts. <laughs> he kept bringing it up. I think we're finally getting to the point of the stuff that you're posting now on YouTube, like 34 or 35, I forget what just went up. But that's around the stuff that I started getting into Game Cola, like for the first time. And so I'm like, nostalgia over here. Like, <laughs> this is what was coming out when I first started, re like, listening forever ago. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, so here's, no, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish no, up. No, I was just gonna say, now, like, what are we on now? Like, 89? And I'm like, uh, this makes me feel like really old, actually. Yeah. <laughs> So here's a question. What was everybody's first exposure to Game Cola? How'd you get here? Even before you were a staff writer, if there was a time before you were a staff writer. Uh, let's see. I think I started watching Nathaniel. I started watching your YouTube Mega Man videos. Right. And I saw, then I went to Expanding. Um, the geek blog that my friend and yep. I ran for like four years. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned Game Cola from there. So I went to Game oh, wow. Cola. I went to Game Cola when the... The 50th um, podcast, the, the 50th podcast, 10th anniversary. <laughs> and that was the first time I showed up. And then I think I ended up on, no, I think I had looked at a couple articles before that. Um, but that was, it was after that, that I started checking in regularly. Ah, uh, i trying to think. For me, I think it was uh, Michael Gray's Ace Attorney walkthroughs. Because uh, I, I think it was like, I was moving that summer and I literally had nothing to do after summer school except watch YouTube videos because I had nothing in my house except my laptop. <laughs> so I would sit around and watch videos and then eventually I found this and I played Ace Attorney like one time when I was like really young and I, I remembered liking it. So I watched like the first, I think like two cases of Michael's walkthrough and then I promptly went out and bought all the games that I could get my hands on, finished them and then watched the rest. And then that led me to Game Cola, and then everything just went downhill from there. <laughs> Gosh, I felt it's old for a second because you said, you said Ace Attorney when I was real young. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> not that young. There, there was not any time when I was even young, not even real All young, that, when Ace Attorney like, was <laughs> I was maybe, when I first picked up an Ace Attorney game, I think I was 11 or 12 maybe. Probably younger than that, 10, because I remember, I, I don't remember if I've talked about this on a podcast before, but I know I've told you guys, I went, I was at the mall with my friends, and I'd played the game once before, and we went into GameStop, and they had Justice for All sitting on the shelf, so I bought it, and then I left, and then I looked at the game again, saw it was rated T, lost my nerve, because I was not a teenager, <laughs> and I went and returned it. <laughs> I mean, you're like, how dare you sell me this game? I'm literally too young for this. I was so scared that my parents would get mad at me 
for having a T-rated game when I was like 11. <laughs> I returned it. And now I look back on that and I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, I could have got, I could have furthered my obsession so much earlier if I'd have just stuck with it and carried that game out of the mall. <laughs> See, you can be the moral compass of our Super Impossible Mario World recording group. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. I lost that well, moral compass a long time ago. Aw, I don't believe it. So I was first introduced <laughs> oh, to GameCola when I was writing. Uh, so I, I worked for a very, very tiny uh, editing company, like 10 people if everybody decided to show up. And <laughs> there was a span of time when things got really, really slow because publishing is a difficult industry. Um, and so a company wasn't doing so well. So there was a span of two, three months where there was nothing to do. And I was being as good a worker as I possibly could have been, coming up with the most minute things to work on, and then I still ran out of things to do. So I said, I'm going to make some good use of this time. And so in addition to starting to write for Expanding Your Horizons, the geek blog we were talking about before, um, I also started writing reviews on game FAQs, or game facts, if you prefer. And... I had put up a bunch of ones. I was going through the Space Quest games, and I talked about Star Trek Voyager Elite Force and a couple other different games. And then I get this email from some chap named Fall Pranzen, or whatever his name was. <laughs> Who's that? Um, saying, hey, we have this video game humor website, GameCola.net. Would you be interested in writing for it? I saw your work on game FAQs. And I said, okay, sure. And so I signed up, and that was 2009. So I've been here ever since. See, and I heard that my husband-to-be, because I don't, we weren't married at that point. That was two years before we got married. Yeah. Had started writing for this website, so I checked it out, and it was still in the single-page format. The with newsletter the format. Roman numerals, oh. as if it was a college essay outline, <laughs> um, and it wow. only updated once a month, and you had to click on the Roman numeral that you wanted to go to the page for, and there were only. 10 or 12 columns at that point and I signed up to get a monthly subscription in my email so every month I'd be emailed hey we have new stuff up on the site you should go check it out and so I was there from that time on just reading I never really looked at the videos very much I didn't really listen to the podcast I read a bunch of the articles I really liked Gamer Girlfriend and some of the other female perspectives on the site because that wasn't something that was around very much at that time. You didn't get a lot of female gamer voices. Mm -hmm. so that was refreshing to see. And then she complained when oh, yeah. 2010 rolls around <laughs> and we switch to the new game called a daily format. I got so used to the monthly format that I was like, oh, I have to check a site every day. This is <laughs> but you, you could still check it once a month. Like, you just get really behind. So how did how did the podcast get put out back when it was still in the newsletter format? Way back. Well, what was interesting, if memory serves, and I'm like GameCola's unofficial resident historian just because uh, going back and editing, you know, tidying up the archives and just being here for as long as I've been. Well, and even when I joined staff, I said, well, if I'm going to be on staff, I might as well be educated about it. And so I went back and read a whole bunch of old articles. So being the unofficial resident historian, just off the top of my head, um, I recall that we started doing the podcasts during the downtime 
between the website being in a newsletter format and the switch to the new current, um, at least for a little while, current uh, game cola no, site until we updated again. Uh, oh, it was, was it in the newsletter? Yeah, it was one of the Roman numerals, and you clicked on it. It was just a sound file. Yeah, because I remember, I remember during the downtime when we didn't really have a website. It was just sort of a couple of random posts that we would have individual posts with the audio file embedded in them. And if you look at the the podcast. Um, articles on the website from way back at the very beginning, like the first five, six, whatever podcasts, um, you'll notice they're way different from the articles we write for them now because it's just like Michael Ridgway saying, hey, so we got together and we had a podcast. I had a really bad cold. I'm sorry. Here you go. <laughs> and there's the podcast. <laughs> like it was just this little blog post of something we got together to do. And it was every couple of days or every week or two that we'd get together for a podcast until we finally settled on the monthly format. So it's, it's interesting to go way back and see how some of the things were changing around then, you know, as, as someone who's interested in watching the evolution of things. Mm -hmm. So that's all. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I just stopped awkwardly in the middle of the yeah, I was going to say, it sounded, it sounded like, like you were going to continue, and I didn't want to say anything in case you were, nope. but I also didn't want to say anything because I didn't want it to sound weird. Like, are you, are you, are you done? Like, I don't want to be like, are you done? Because I would like to <laughs> No, I just got my little mental ping of your blathering, and so I just cut myself off. Um, it, so, yeah, like, the first, like, it's in, because the first podcast is in January at some point. And then it's podcast 19, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was podcast 19 or 20 that was the, because it was dedicated to being the year, end of the year reflection podcast. Right. So, so the first, so there were about almost either either twenty or almost twenty podcasts in the first year, and if, is it is it after that that things sort of even out, or do you? Yeah, the twenties is really where we start to settle into a groove of how we're podcasting, and then I think the thirties we kind of locked it down, and then the forties and so forth, um, I think, are where we're really in the modern podcast format, where we just have the the flow down and the character of it and everything mm -hmm. like that. So, but and where we start getting longer too, because like the earlier yeah. podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we even have a podcast called the long one, and you look back yeah. and you're like, "That's not long. That's, that's so cute." Which one? Which one is that? Longer. Which one is that? That was what one or two after the big tenth anniversary podcast. Why do I have this great wealth of knowledge of things that you know this this trivia? But I can't remember half the stuff I learned in my classes at college. Why? Um, but yeah, it was like podcast 52 or 53. I can't remember half the stuff I learned in my classes at college either. I get it. Yeah, here it is. The long one. Um, well, it's, it, I guess it's a matter of how often do you use it? How often do you recall it? Do you talk about it? You know, I'm doing game cola stuff at least once a week and I'm usually checking yeah. in on the articles every day or two and going back through the archives and putting stuff on YouTube. It's fresh in my mind. It's, it's an hour. The long podcast is an hour and a half. Just like this, which is like our threshold now. Well, we're spending twenty minutes talking about the history of podcasts well, yeah. that people have probably already listened yeah. to. Well, and actually, so. it, it, it's sort of ironic because we were talking about how, like, we talked about E three for three podcasts in a row, and I think this is the second or third podcast in a row that we're talking about the podcast. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should use another conversation. Yeah, topic. maybe. Although it's great advertising to go listen to slash watch some of our older podcast videos on gc.net on youtube uh -huh. you should do that unless you're already there yeah, now in which right. case thank you thank you <laughs> all right well now we're in a situation where we have to just shift gears for the sake of shifting gears yay um, diana's like i'm so done talking about this <laughs> 
I just like talking about things. So I don't have anything else to talk about on that front. It's, oh, it's Pac-Man World 3. Remember when I brought that up? Speaking of <laughs> things we've mentioned on other podcasts, I went back to try to play Pac-Man World 3, and it's even worse than I possibly imagined. <laughs> like, it has all the same Pac-Man World 2 platforming problems that you would that you mentioned, Nathaniel, that I was okay with to a certain extent, but that really bothered you. But So they don't fix that. But then it's also really focused on enemy fighting. <laughs> But in like that real, you know, there's got to be a word, there's got to be a term for it, but you know, it's one of those three platformers where you're playing along and then you get to a section and then enemies just sort of continually spawn and you fight a set number of enemies and then you can move on. It's like Mega Man X7, yeah. Yeah, or Sonic Boom does it, which does not bode well. If if Sonic (laughs) Boom does the thing you're doing, that's not bode well for you. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think because there are definitely other games that do it, but I can't. I I think you're. I I haven't played Mega Man X7, so. But in any case, so that's that's a major part of the game, and also oh, there's voice acting. Oh, is there voice acting? Is there voice there's acting? Oh. Voice acting, and it's like constant, and it's What's mostly fun? Pac-Man complaining about the things you have to do, and like if even <laughs> Pac-Man is like this is not fun. That's not, like, justification. Like, oh, but we self-referenced it. It's like, no, it's still not fun. I don't want to break <laughs> any more boxes to find windmill parts. What's funny here is that we've gotten onto this conversation topic via something that I think is going to be cut from the bulk yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. yeah I, so figure that yeah, one out. Yeah, good that, luck trying was, to As soon as I started thing. talking about this, I was like, I'm going to have a heck of a time fixing that. Okay. All right, this, this one can be fun. This one can be fun. Um, do you ever sell your old video games, or do you hang on to everything? Well, we know Diana... We re-gift the bad things. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that's true. When I was way younger and naive and foolish, I sold a couple of games, and I could probably name all of them, but that was not anything I was ever really big into. It had to be one that I was awful, awful at, or just didn't see myself beating, and I got rid of it. But now I'm sort of forcing myself to play through games unless they're so, so terrible that it's just painful. Like, I played uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings, which I re- I wanted to honestly try to play, and it was not good. And I, I just, was I can't even bring myself... make-believe this game is good? <laughs> yes, that was that game. I played it for all of 30 minutes. Shannon was in the background on the computer hanging out. And there's this song that plays at the end of every stage. And the stages are short. They're like three or four minutes, maybe. Um, and then there's a loading screen, and then you go back to the menu and you start the next one. And there's this little interesting, like, weird song that they just pop in at the end with singing that only plays for about seven or eight seconds while it's loading the menu screen, which defeats the purpose of having lyrics. Just give us a little you know, and it just drove me bonkers. Um, and I, for a number of reasons, I couldn't play it. But I'm not telling a very good story here, so let's stop talking about Sonic. Yes, I used to uh, get rid of games, and then I didn't because I tried to collect them. But now I'm realizing again, I don't need to keep the games that I don't intend on playing or that are not fun to try and get to completion. So yes, as Shannon said... So we said, give them to unsuspecting friends and go, here, we think you'll like this because we're horrible people. I keep all my games. games I don't think I've ever sold a game. I have... Uh, I remember one time when we were moving. 
I was pretty young, not that young. I think I was like in second grade or something. And I was like really big on PC games. And I had like the Harry Potter games and like backyard baseball and all that stuff that was out around that time. And uh, my dad threw them away because he, <gasps> he threw away our office PC because it was like really slow and like couldn't even connect to the internet anymore. And I just used it for my computer games. And he threw that away. And then he threw all my games away too. And I did not, I swear to God, I did not talk to him for like a month. I was so angry. <laughs> to be fair, they probably wouldn't have worked on another computer because you have to have the code from the instruction manual or whatever. And right. I don't think I had that because I think he threw that away too. But <laughs> I was so mad at him. I devoted my life to those games and they were gone. That's like the only time I've ever gotten rid of a game ever. I think I was scarred by that experience. So I've never gotten rid of anything else. Just in case. You never know. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with me. I gave up on Star Soldier for the NES. I had played it as much of it as I cared to, and I said, eh, I'll get rid of this. And then a couple of years later, you know, I had the music on my computer, and I'm like, oh, I kind of miss Star Soldier a little bit. And then I said, never again. I'm, and Blades of Steel, I think, as well, I got rid of, and I had a hankering to play Blades of Steel, another NES game, Hockey. Uh, I'm not much into sports, but it was just so much fun to go punch other players. And I said, I kind of want to play Blades of Steel, but I don't have it anymore. So <laughs> so as not to ever have a craving that I can't satisfy, uh, I just keep all my games. I mean, to be fair, I don't think I've gotten rid of any of my Game Boy games. Any of the, like, the first games that I got, because those are nostalgic. You keep those. Even if they're not the best games, you keep them. Like the Mickey's Funhouse Warehouse Throwing Boxes game. It was awful, and we could never make it to the second level. Uh, but I can't, I saved it because it was one of the first games we ever had because I had to share all my games with my brothers. So it wasn't like they were my games. They were family games. But they're yours now. But, they're mine now. <laughs> but uh, it's only the more modern ones that we took a chance on because they were in the $5 bin or because, you know, they weren't very expensive and someone recommended them. And then we're like, eh. Not really our thing. Pass them along. Although most of my gaming now is done through Steam, so there's not really a sell-it component because I paid, what, $3 for it? So <laughs> you're not really going to get anything back. Although I think they did start a sell-it-back program. We did have an Steam. article about that on the main game called website not too long ago, which was based on just time right that it was if you played x amount of game time and then you still don't like it you can give it back which is harmful for the really short games that can be beaten in an hour or two and they're like oh i beat the entire game got everything i could possibly get out of it but it's still within the time frame to return it do you remember what the time frame was i don't remember exactly what the time frame was now because i remember that i i completed v other v's depend on your regional accent <laughs> But I, I completed V in like three hours, and like, you know, the point of it is that you're supposed to play it over and over and over again and get better and better. But like, I mean, I got all the stuff, and like, I went quote unquote 100% completion. So, I mean, if it, if that if that three hours was still under the time, then yeah, yeah, that's that's entirely possible. I let's see, I can remember one time where I like took in games to GameStop to sell them, but I think. I, it was a, it was a long time ago. And I think two of them were old sports games, like a Madden football game and a baseball game, like like real baseball. 
uh, that my dad had played, but then they broke. Like, they just stopped working after a while. Like, it would crash at halftime for the football game. I remember that distinctly. And I think I think the baseball one just great. So we sold them to GameStop. Um, <laughs> for like, and, You're one of those people. And then and then um and then uh, the other one was like uh, I think it just had four Namco games on it that you know now you could pro- you could probably play. Like, I think museum like they've they've been quote unquote archived for museum purposes even I don't know exactly but it's like it's like Pac Man like you can. If you really need to play Pac-Man, you could you could play Pac-Man. You can get it somewhere. <laughs> like I, you can play it in the Pac-Man World games that I have. So yeah. <laughs> um, so that wasn't that big, but I remember like I got like I think I got like a dollar and thirty cents for those three games because GameStop said that they the, the the person I remember the person at the counter saying that the reason that it was so because so, GameStop in general is usually you don't get a lot of money, but that was like a dollar for three games. And he said that it was because GameStop was about to stop accepting GameCube games as returns. So it must have been like, must have been at least 2008 then, because the Wii would have had to have been out for a while for that to start coming into effect. Right. Yeah. So it must have been. Yeah, it must have been around 2008, 2009 maybe. But yeah, and I, and then I, I just I don't have enough games that I feel any compulsion to get rid of them honestly I, there's not like space issues i tend to i tend to ch- try to be pretty choosy with my games and then the the extra ones that are terrible are usually ones that my brother in, would quote like i mean he was 8 at the time so i don't know if you can really call it an impulse buy cuz for an 8 year old i think that's just buying something <laughs> <laughs> um but we have a couple that he asked for technically i would guess um that are just not good at all but we still have them uh i think let's see acme arsenal which is just a really bad generic 3d platformer and then like the guinness world records which is just a wii mini game collection but it based on world it, it, it was weird it was really weird i do have i was just looking through some stuff and i I have a mystery Game Boy game, Game Boy Advance game. The the front sticker has been rubbed off, so I don't know what it is. It doesn't have a title screen. No, I mean, I mean, I I haven't put it in. I, I don't oh. remember. <laughs> like I'm sure, I'm sure I've played it before, but I don't know what was on the thing, and I don't have my Game Boy with me right. Well, I mean, I could get it. Talk amongst yourselves. Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> what do we talk about? I feel like there are two different qualities of bad games now since we've started working for GameCola. Because there's the bad game that's, this is just genuinely terrible. It is not interesting. It's not fun. It's broken. And then there's the, this is bad, but I could probably get a funny playthrough out of it if I did a YouTube video for GameCola. Right. Or get a bad review out of it if I did it for GameCola. So there are games that I'm kind of specifically saving in my collection of am i ever gonna play fatty bear's birthday surprise probably not of my own volition <laughs> but if i did it for game cola for everyone else's you know hilarity and my pain it might be worth it i can agree with did that you, did you find it joe yeah what were we what did i miss i'm <laughs> i guess i can listen fatty to bear's I... rhubarb picnic what was it <laughs> 
birthday. Fatty Bear's birthday surprise. Right. Birthday surprise. It was one of those freebies that comes when you download one of the bundles. Because I, I love the indie bundles. They okay. give you so many beautiful games. But then they always throw in a couple of trash ones for free. That you're like, why? Why do I own this? Why do I now own Hospital Manager? I don't know, but now it's in my game collection. In theory, Hospital Manager is not the worst game you could own. Having no, not played it... Fatty but... Berry's Berry's <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst one you can own. No, I, I really am thinking of doing either a blind playthrough or writing a review of it. Okay. Wait, like, look what I did to myself for your pleasure. It sounds like you've played it before, though, because you know it's like no. a worse game, a terrible game. I I just looked it up to be like, what is this? Oh, okay. What is this game for free? And Wikipedia oh. says it's the worst game. <laughs> All right. Citation needed. All right. All right. Let's see. Moment of truth. I'll, I'll hold the thing up to the... The microphone <laughs> okay. so you can hear it. So here we go, Game Boy Advance. <gasps> oh, oh, I know that one. I played that one. Wow, which one was that? Oh, this is Yoshi's what? Island. It's an. I already have a copy. Why do I have two of these? <laughs> <laughs> I like how maybe because the label fell off of one, and then you bought another you, with the no, because no, because it's it's stupid. Because I literally took out my other copy of Yoshi's Island to put this one in and see what it was. <laughs> You know, <laughs> mine went missing recently. <laughs> Joe. That's uh that's 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 Did why you do I have copy of Yoshi's Island? I mean Yoshi's Island is my favorite game, don't get me wrong. But why do I have two of these? Because you took mine. Jerk. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I, think... I think I broke everyone. What? Now I'm confused. I'm just really confused right now. <laughs> That was the goal. I win. I win the podcast. Well, now I have now I have three technically copies of Yoshi's Island because I've got the 3DS version, like the virtual console, and then I've got two Game Boy cartridges. One missing a label. <laughs> I don't know how that I happened. I don't want to just say Anna, and then everyone's happy. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I can send you. Yeah, no, actually, legitimately though, I don't know where mine is. I know I brought it to college with me. I think, but I don't know what happened. Well, if you don't find it, I've got an extra copy, so... Alright, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. It's probably uh, mine. <laughs> um, so that is... Oops, careful now. Um, that is sufficiently derailed whatever we were talking about. What else should we talk about? Well, I can delete this off the topic pile. We could go awesome. with how much rock could Chuck Rock Chuck if Chuck Rock could Chuck Rock. All of it. All of it. Enough rock chili up, Chuck? Yes. I don't know what you said, but yes. Did that just come across as... I, I came across as eh, Chuck Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a better answer than whatever I gave. What games do you like, but quote-unquote everyone else hates? question sorry there's a question mark i didn't address that with my intonation but there's a question mark there but you, you were channeling jetty there for a moment <laughs> what? what yeah i know exactly <laughs> just the, the yeah right yeah okay <laughs> speaking of which congratulations on first solo podcast yeah! without yeah. you know your your big taking care of you <laughs> yeah it's very it's i mean it's it hasn't it been just going swimmingly <laughs> It's been pretty great. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see if everything gets recorded. Then we'll congratulate yeah, you. Yeah, I take back that applause. Just 
Just Taking play it. it back. I'll, I'll go in and I'll play it backwards. I don't think it'll sound different. Um, I'm trying to think of an answer to this question. I can't think of any games that I really love that everyone hates, but everyone loves to hate on me for how to have a boyfriend, if that counts. We don't hate on you. We make fun of you. It's a subtle distinction. I don't. I love that you play well, that game with the exception because I'm of, really enjoying the playthroughs. With the exception we of haven't Nathaniel beat it to the end of them. I mean, all of my like my friends at school who know that I have played it, which are few in number but are present. One of my friends just recently found out about it. Like, I don't know how she didn't know, but I, one of my other friends told her, and they were in the middle of our dorm lounge watching it on their phone with full volume. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no. Like, you guys, anyone could walk in right now. Welcome to the digital age, Diana. Yeah, I know. It's kind of terrifying. But, uh, so my friends hate on me for it. But, you know what? I love my birds. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, if it makes you feel better, I was inspired by your <gasps> playthroughs and went out and bought a copy for myself. So I own a copy. Oh, that makes me happy. So you're not alone. It's great. <laughs> that game changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds really creepy, but I don't oh, know. It's possible. I don't really have, I honestly can't think of a game that I love that everyone hates. Well, what was the exact wording of the question? What games do you like, but everyone else in quotation marks hates? The quotation marks presumably represent that you do not believe with all your heart that, that literally every other person it? on the planet not hates It's not really a bad game, is it? I like it, right? I think the only one that I can uh, call to mind is Dungeon of Elements. It's not the best game but people paid money on Kickstarter to have it released, and I guess it made way more money than it had asked for, and people were expecting this mind-blowing, like, epic game. And it's a good game. And because I wasn't part of that whole hullabaloo media fiasco, I came into it going, hey, this looks fun. It looks like an RPG meets Dr. Mario. I like that. That sounds interesting. And I played the game and it's fun. And I haven't gotten all of the achievements for it yet, but I've beat the main game. And you know what? It's a perfectly decent game. And I don't think it deserves all the vitriol that it's gotten. I think it's mainly a matter of reality not meeting the high expectations that everyone else had so yeah. if you like dr mario and you like fantasy monsters and customizing a character and doing crafting then you'll probably like the game i think that sounds fun i know it's cliche funny. of me to give an answer like this but i think any Mega Man game after three. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> so it's not oh everyone God. because we're in agreement. I right. was going to say specifically five and five and six, but that might just be because I don't... Four is usually the one that people just say, well, the series is awful now. And five, some people are like, well, I really like three. And five has the same password screen as three, basically. So I like five. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I know. I, I think a lot more people like five than they do most of the other ones in the NES later categories. See, and, and 
uh, this this sounds so pretentious, like so pretentious to say, but I can't ever find like people saying like good reasons. Like I'm sure they exist. I'm not saying that it's you're stupid if you don't think that Mega Man four, five, and six are like the best ones. But I have yet to find like a really convincing argument as to why people don't like it. I so here's here's the closest that I've come to to piecing that together. Um, and it's not necessarily about the the NES games. Um, when and I'm glad to see that this trend is starting to change as we have a new generation of gamers who are being introduced to Mega Man 9 and 10 and Powered Up and now the Legacy Collection. We've got new people who don't have nostalgia coloring their view of things. But and I think I might have talked about this. I'm sure I must have talked about this on a podcast at some point before. Um, but I think the reason that Mega Man 2 and 3 in particular, like everybody agrees, yeah, Mega Man 1 is good, at least good. You know, it, it set the ball rolling just fine. Um, but everybody's like 2 or 3 highlight, you know, absolute pinnacle, everything else is garbage after that, because so many people missed Mega Man 1 and started playing on 2 or maybe 3, and compared with other games at the time, Mega Man in general is revolutionary. You get to choose what bosses you go to, you get to pick up the weapons of the bosses, um, you've got all sorts of different strategies and techniques that you can use, it's super difficult, um, but fair in a good fun way, not like the stupid difficulty of some of the old NES, you know, Nintendo hard. So it was so revolutionary for people, and then you get to three where you've got, oh now there's another character called Proto Man, and now you got this dog that turns into, you know, a springboard and all a submarine, and then you've got uh, all of these other cool things. You get to fight the Robot Masters for Mega Man 2 all over again. Oh, it's so great. I've never seen anything like this. And people's initial impressions of the Mega Man games are, this is the most revolutionary thing I've ever played. This is amazingly different. And they also play it early enough that they overlook some of the things that, you know, old curmudgeons like me look back at now, like in Mega Man 2. It's so easy to shoot yourself in the foot and get yourself into a position where you run out of the only weapon or utility that lets you get through a section, and you need to grind uncomfortably in a section that is not built for grinding. So things like that, you don't really realize when you're younger because you're just used to playing a game over and over and over again until you get it, and then by the time you're older and can start thinking more critically about it, you're like, oh, this section's really easy. Yeah, because you spent 50 days trying to play it when you were younger, and then it's easy now, and you can just play through it and have fun with it. It wasn't fun at the time, you just didn't... Well, maybe you didn't realize it, but you didn't care. Anyways, I'm digressing. So, people played Mega Man 2 and 3, and they're like, this is amazing, this is so different from everything I've ever played, and they expect that novelty to continue throughout the rest of the series. And then they get to 4 and 5 and 6, which are, we've pretty much figured out what Mega Man does well. You know, it's all about the weapons, and it's about the great music, and it's about the interesting challenges. We're just going to give you more of the same, but we're going to try and perfect it. We're going to change little things to try and make the series better. And everybody else is like, we want something totally different. We want, like, Mario 2 to Mario 3 kind of a jump. It's got to be way different, and it's not. And then people think the games aren't any good because they're not mind-blowingly revolutionary like 2 and 3 were in their experience. So I think that's where we get the myth that the later Mega Man games aren't nearly as good. And that's why you get people who love Mega Man X, because that is so, so different from the classic series, but still has the elements that you like about Mega Man. Mega Man X is also pretty good, too. It's also an excellent game, yes. <laughs> excellent. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, too, though, because, like, the, the, the general 
thing that you tend to hear is, oh, whichever Mega Man game you played first is the one that you're going to like the best. But Mega Man 5 is my favorite, and it was, I think, the fourth one that I played. At least the third one. I think the first Mega Man that you ga- game that you play informs your opinion of what a Mega Man game should be, because that's definitely the case with me in four. Because um, four is the first one. I mean, I technically played two first, but four is the first one I owned, and I loved it. And that was my baseline for what should a Mega Man game be like. And so I find that the ones that deviate the most from that, games like eight, games like ten. Um, don't match what, in my mind, is what Mega Man should be. And, you know, maybe that's colored by my opinion of I played 4 first, that set my expectations. Because expectations are huge when you're talking about a game series that is so similar from one installment to the next. But I... That you expect, you know... Well, I'm sorry, well, go ahead. I played 2 first, like 2... Because I, I remember, I was like, which Mega Man game should I play first? And everyone was like, 2 is the best Mega Man game. I was like, okay, well, then I'll download Mega Man 2 onto the virtual console, and I played it, and I think I had an okay time, but then after that, I didn't say to myself, well, self, I am going to play some more Mega Man, because I didn't, I didn't, and it was a long time before I gave another one a try, and I think the next one I tried was 4, and that's when I got into it, so that might be part of it, is when... Four was the one where I started like really enjoying myself, and maybe that's where it becomes like this is what Mega Man should be. And then five is really like you know, it it if any Mega Man game is just a refinement of the one before it, and not really anything else, that would probably be Mega Man Five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I also really like six, even though it's got because one of the things about those is that. I tend to find that not deterministically, like it's this is not necessarily true, but the general trend is that I like the Mega Man, the Mega Man games I like the most are the ones that have the least grave error in them. I'm I'm exactly the same way. Mega Man is inherently good and interesting and fun. Don't do anything to mess mm-hmm. it up. Anything that you do to make that core better is just gravy. But it's 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 because it's usually like down to one. Like, what is the one major thing? Like, like what is the worst? Like, out of all the flaws, like there are different flaws because every it's not like any game only has one flaw. But of out of all the flaws, which is the biggest? And then that's usually what it is. So like with Mega Man Two, it's that purple stage shenanigans with the crash bomb and having to do that fight. It's just like, I just, because I enjoy Mega Man 2, like, really well up until that point. And then, like, if, you, if you're, like, a graph of my enjoyment, it's, like, steadily increasing. Then it kind of plateaus at the castle stages, and then, like, you get to... The boom yeah, you trap. get to that. You get to that, and it's just a drop. Like, it, like, to negative. Like, it's at positive, and it goes, like, just as much negative. And then the final boss is also frustrating, so it doesn't go up much further from there. And I leave the game with a really sour taste in my mouth. I'm going to interject with a question um, for for the ladies who've been very quiet through, the, because inevitably Joe and I oh, always yeah. end up talking about Mega Sorry. Man whenever we're on a podcast together. It's okay. Um, I started playing Story keep of it Seasons. Single men. Did you say Oracle of Seasons? No, I said I started playing Story of Seasons while I was listening. Oh. <laughs> I knew I'd have nothing uh, to contribute to this conversation. 
Do you have Sorry. a question for me? Do you have any any opinions on Mega Man whatsoever? Um, I don't have. I don't think I have enough experience with Mega Man to create a solid opinion. It's always been on my like to do list, like of games to buy, like on the virtual 3DS store or whatever that's called. I don't know what that's called. Yep. Uh, on there when it's on, whenever it comes on sale because I know there will be inevitably probably some big Mega Man sale at some point. I know there was one and I missed it, but um, mm. it's on my list. But I have not played all. I don't even know if I've played. I know I've played some like levels here and there. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what I have played and what I haven't. But uh, not enough to form an opinion outside of Smash Bros, <laughs> which doesn't <laughs> count. So, no. I it kind of counts. It kind of counts. He's an okay character in Smash Bros. I don't he is, mind him. Uh, he is a great character in Smash Bros. I don't know. He, he'll take a, he takes me a little while to get used to when I decide to like switch to playing uh, Mega Man for a while. But I can, uh, I can get behind using Mega Man as a character. When I play Mega Man in Smash Bros., everyone hates me. Because, first <laughs> of all, it's the one I've practiced the most with. So, it's the one I'm the best with. But also, Mega Man's playstyle, you have to stay away from people and shoot them from a distance. Like, yeah. That's how you have to play a Mega Man. Like, there's no way around it. Exactly. So, but then everyone was like, come over here and fight. It's like, if I walked up to you, there would be nothing, <laughs> nothing that I could do. could do. I would just get beat up. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to knock you off the stage and then... As you're coming back on the stage, I'm going to hit you with the giant Mega Buster shot before you get on the ground. And I'm just going to bounce you back off like it's a tennis game for a while until you hate me. And then say, Joseph, you can't play as Mega Man anymore. Which is why my second main is Bowser, which is a character that is you have to get up close to to fight with. To mm-hmm. prove yeah, just to that that's not the it. only way. Like, I can play up close. That's just how Mega Man is, not how Joseph is. Oh, is it my turn to talk about Mega Man now? <laughs> so let me tell you something about the wooing process of this smooth, smooth man sitting next to me. That would be so, me, by the way. We know. So the week we started dating, he's like, hey, do you like video games? Do you like watching video games? Oh, wow. Because I'm going to play through all the Mega Man games for you, and for you're you? going to love them. Oh, that's so romantic. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, he also showed me all of Homestar Runner the first month or so that we were dating. So we would just go back and forth between watching Homestar Runner and watching him play through Mega Man. Those were the best times. And I married him... So you could see how well that went. Uh, it went really well. Uh, so I was an early convert to the Mega Man fandom. I have a thing where if there's a long series of games, I can't tell all the games individually apart. They just kind of blur together for me. So I couldn't tell you what boss is from which game, but I can pretty much name all the bosses. I can name a lot of the weapons. I can hum most of the stage musics. Woodman is my favorite boss, and Zero is my beau. Uh, I am a diehard Zero fangirl. Yeah. He's so much better than Mega Man in every way. <laughs> so that's my opinion on Mega Man. Snake Man is my favorite theme. 
Uh, Slash Man's probably my favorite stage. Oh, stage. Okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah, not boss stage. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. also hard. I like eyebrows. It's also hard to talk about Mega Man for me because all I think of is that stupid Mega Man hacks and slash we did. And <laughs> that's the basis for a lot of my opinions on Mega Man because I don't know anything oh, no. else. So uh, that's also a thing that could be a, a reason why I shouldn't talk about Mega Man ever. Even after I end up playing Mega Man because those first impressions are just going to be too strong. <laughs> So like you're gonna be going through like Mega Man, Mega Man like, three is like so. When do they when do they like start like? When do they start making out? Yeah, when, <laughs> what is that when, part when of the game? That part that's the part I want to get to. Like, can we can we get to that? I'm sure there's a Mega Man dating sim <laughs> that you could play. I 100% play that. I'd probably play it on my channel. If anyone finds that, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> All right, we talked about. Did we did we get through? Because we started talking about Mega Man. Um, did we get through? What games do you like, but everyone else hates? I think so. I think sufficiently. So. Yeah, because Nathaniel and I kind of both shared the Mega Man one. So yeah, so that's good. Okay, cool. All right, completely ignoring all notions of cost and technological limitations, what would your ideal gaming system be? Hmm. Like all technological limitations, because yeah, I, like what what exactly do you mean by yeah technological limitations in this, this might, case? This might not actually be a good question now. Thinking about it, what do you mean? I wrote the question. Oh. Of course. Oh, oh, sorry. So what did you mean? Yeah, what, what did you, did mean, you mean, mean then? I just meant that. What would your ideal gaming system be? Don't worry about is it technologically feasible to make this happen. Like if you wanted virtual reality 3D, um, or if you wanted some sort of weird controller setup that would be prohibitively expensive. Like just throw all that out the window. If you could have anything that allows you to play games of any kind, what would you like to have? Mm, that's hard. Yeah, you're giving me the world, Nathaniel. Like. I want a game I can control with my mind. Ooh. I want, like, was it Angel Sanctuary? There was an anime where you, like, put a headset on and you could control things with your mind and fight in a virtual gaming world. So I want something like that, but for RPGs, where I can just run through a Warcraft-style world. That'd be cool. With a headset hooked up into my brain and just be like, fight that thing, kill that thing, collect that thing, and not have to click on everything and target everything separately and remember what hotkey was mapped to what thing. See, I'm trying to strike a perfect balance between something immersive enough to be really cool, but not so immersive that it overrides my self-control. <laughs> I just lose my, like, I don't want to get addicted, you know? Or like, just, because, you know, you see, you see the horror stories that aren't real because technology hasn't gotten that far yet. But still, it's like, he played the game, and then he never stopped because he was so into it, and then he got really fat because he never moved anywhere, and then he died. But there were no extra lives. Dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the author trying to be clever at the end. I think that's the new anime craze. Because there are a couple different ones where you get Sword sucked Art in, Online. Sword yeah. Art Online. Oh, that's what I was... Where you get sucked into the game world and you can never leave. Or you die if you actually die. If you die in the game, you die. Die, you in, die real in real life. life. Oh. Wasn't that a podcast or something? 
Yes, it was. How do I know these things? I don't know. I think I'm uh, pretty much anything that I would say would probably echo whatever Shannon just said. That's basically what I want. So, but for all games, dating sims included. <laughs> oh. Oh, do you want 3D virtual reality dating sims, Diana? Why would I not want that? Is the real question. <laughs> uh, that's how sad my life. Virtual reality pigeons. Yes. You could see pigeons in virtual reality instead of real life pigeons that actually exist. I've seen real life pigeons and they don't want to talk to me. So we, we're going to have to go with <laughs> virtual reality pigeons here. The the real life. You can have the. Uh, what? Uh, go ahead. I was going to say the real life ones apparently aren't interested. They're lost. But. Um, <laughs> Well, maybe they'll turn into handsome, strapping men. No, that's a different them. game, Nathaniel. Keep your animal dating sims straight. <laughs> they're not my animal dating no, sims. No, they're mine. Let's that's get that right. straight. Well, you could also have the um, Shadowrun slash Denu Coil style Google Glass upgraded glasses where there's a virtual world and Overlaid a over human top world. Of... And the virtual world's laid over top. And you can only see it when you look through your special glasses that everyone wears. Oh. Um, and it's to the point where even like signs for businesses will only be in the virtual world. You can have pets only in the virtual oh, world. So cool. And when you lift the glasses up, they disappear. Oh, I want that so bad now. Actually, uh, actually, that um, kind of reminds me of, I feel like, and I mean, you can disagree with me on this if you want to. That's kind of what, uh, to a lesser extent, what Pokemon Go is going to be. I was just going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. And I was yep. like, she's going to say it, and I'm then I'm not going to get to say it. I should not be as excited as I am for that. But I'm really excited. Just because I think it'll be really, really hilarious to see if, if it actually goes as big as some people think it's going to. Like just. So wait, how is that supposed yeah. to okay, work? So I haven't about seen everything on it so joe might know more yeah um okay so the general principle of it is that you've got i think it's i think it's mostly just for smart devices um it, it is yeah it's so you take like your smartphone or your ipad or whatever if you've ever seen or heard of that time where they put like pokemon in google maps and so you would go through your google map yes. and like try to find it on the google map image so it's like using similar ideas like that except when it gets pinpointed on like a place, then you can go to that actual place, like with your with, 3DS. Uh, well, no, with like no, your with your phone. With your phone. Oh, with your phone. I'm yeah. sorry. So you use the map, and you go to where it is on the map in the real physical world. Either that, and it'll say you. Either that, it. or like you go around, and then it's there. But like it'll be there for everyone, so it's not just like an individual. Oh, it overlays a Pokemon just wherever you are, like. If there's a Pikachu in a place, then you have to go to that place for there to be a Pikachu. I don't know the mechanics of how you figure out where Pokemon are. But then yeah, I don't can... think they've talked about that too much yet, or at least not that I've seen. But you can, so you can go and you can like use your Pokemon and you can fight and catch them. But then you can also, with the Pokemon that you've got there, you can go and like find other people with the app. And then you can, like, if you're in person, you can like actually battle them. And then it'll be like virtual reality rendered on your phone. 
Isn't that like the greatest thing you've ever so, heard? So like you can you can <laughs> Pokemon battle with people and then like in real life. And then there there's also mechanics of which I think are based off that which are drawn from other popular virtual reality games that are kind of like this where like you can have certain Pokemon around that are being that if they're like they're yours and they're being attacked, then you can go defend them. There was there was something like that in the trailer. I don't know exactly how it would work in Pokemon, but for other virtual reality games, sometimes what happens is like everyone's on a team or on different teams, and then so you capture a space for your team, and then if someone else goes, you can go goes and starts attacking your base. You can go back to that place and then try to defend it. Like, and you can be, you just have to be within a certain radius of it. So you could probably be, like, within 200 feet of the place, um, and then you can defend it. So I would imagine it's based something off of that, but that was, it was just visually presented in the trailer. It wasn't described. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the long and short of it, yeah. Oh, and then there's, there are, like, big event Pokemon. So, like, Mewtwo, there was a clip that they showed where, like, there were a bunch of people all sending out their Pokemon to fight Mewtwo. And then... Wait. Did we have a whole discussion about cat video games and we left Pokemon out of it? Yeah, I, I think like we did. I just realized that, too. Pokemon's <laughs> cheating. There's, there's every animal in Pokemon. I love Skitty. There's Meowth, Persian, Skitty, Delcaddy, um, whatever the dark-type leopard ones are. I forget their names off the top of my head. Oh, God. Uh... They're the. I don't think that's what they're, they're called. They're the lion ones. <laughs> no. There's not what they're uh, Esper and Meowstick. They're Meowstick. Meowstick. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like an ugly stick? No. You beat people. No, no, no. It's like it's like Mystic, but Meowstick. It's a psychic. It's a psychic type. Um, Esper is also like a cat, but I don't know. There's I don't I can't think. I guess Purr. Yeah, that must be it. Uh, what else? What else? I'm just like going through my head right now. Those are the ones off the top of my head. Are there any legendary cat Pokemon? They're legendary dogs. Legendary birds. I don't think there are cats. Gamecola.net, your source for lists of cat-themed Pokemon. Uh, it's probably not complete. Is it Lipard? I didn't say it was a good source. <laughs> Is that yes. the leopard one? Uh, which one did you say? Isn't it just, like, Lipard? Yeah, it's something like that. Something oh, really, um, really generic. Oh, what's, what's the one that's name is basically Purr Ugly? <laughs> I think that's oh, literally it. Glammeow and Purgly. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me, let, let me, let me get uh, Purgly. Purgly. But it's, I think it's really spelled like Pur and then it's, Ugly. It's literally Pur Ugly. Yeah, I don't know. How do you pronounce it, though? I don't know if you, that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Here, let me, let me, let me get a picture of it for you into the chat. I'll, I'll include this in the show notes. I may not include this on the video. I'll probably forget. <laughs> That's okay. I'll remember. That's... You get it? <laughs> <laughs> I already knew what it looked like. Uh, but... Oh, that needs to be in the video somewhere. <laughs> and okay. then there's, there's also Glammeow. Glammeow looks like just a normal cat. It's not nearly as interesting. Okay, let's see. Those are foxes. <laughs> Those are monkeys. Those are rocks. <laughs> <laughs> with a C or a CK? <laughs> what kind of a zoo are you running? Those are eggs. No, really, what kind of a zoo are you running? There could be eggs in a zoo. That's not... Uh, mm, I don't know what Eevee's supposed to be. 
I, I love I Evie. Fox. Evie is. I think it's a fox. I, I don't know. Evie's my favorite. Because it can become like a nine-tailed fox, so it's kind of Kitsune. No, but that's no, that's Volpix. Evie is the one with like, I don't even know how many we're at now. Like a million different evolutions. I'm You're thinking gonna... of Volpix, Shannon. Okay. Another one of my favorite. I haven't played that much Pokemon. I need to pick it back up again. I need to stop playing Story of Seasons, I say, as I'm playing Story of Seasons right now while recording <laughs> this podcast. It says that Eevee is like a combination of like a fox, a dog, and a cat. All right. There we go. I guess we're all Eevee's right. my favorite. <laughs> I want an Eevee army. That's <laughs> all I want. Oh, is that the one that has like a fire evolution yeah. and a water evolution? Okay. Mm-hmm. The only one I haven't gotten is Sylveon, but that's because I haven't tried hard enough. There's fire, water, electric, then there was psychic and dark, then there was grass and ice, and then there was fairy. I love Glaceon, too. <laughs> well, fairy was, the, fairy was the one they used to help promote the new type because they added that one in the sixth games. Mm. Earth, <laughs> fire, wind, water, fairy. Uh, it's it's kind of like heart, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's getting delicate so how are the regions going to work for the Pokemon? Are I don't you going to have to like travel to Europe if you want to get some of the Pokemon? Well, like, are you going to have to travel to Iceland to get some of them? Like what? Pokemon have never been like one region exclusive. <laughs> like there's some Pokemon that aren't in certain regions, but I don't think there's any Pokemon that's only ever appeared in one region and no other regions. So. Well, we're talking what? about like, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. Like, are you going to have to go out to sea to find water-themed ones? Like, is there a Snorlax on top of the Taj Mahal? <laughs> there was a Snorlax on a bridge in the video, but it was it was CG animated, like, not, like, represented in the game, so I don't know how that works exactly. Um, I would imagine that they'd try to make it so that you wouldn't have to leave the country. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the radius is for... Actually, I How think far you have to travel. I think it would be a great social experiment to only have the Pokemon in certain parts of the world or even certain locations where it it would be an interesting tourism boost of, you know, come see this obscure museum somewhere. It's the only place where you can find a Togepi or that kind of thing. Um and that would also foster some sort of international friendships. Um if you could well, like trade Pokemon, trading, yeah. yeah. If you could trade Pokemon internationally, um, that would be that. There are some very interesting ways that you could go. You with can that. at least I know from the video that you can at least trade with someone that you're like next to. There's local trading. Um, I don't know. So if you like already know someone inter from international and they have different Pokemon than you, then that would work out mm -hmm. in your favor, which think... you know it's a good thing for college students. Yeah, no, there weren't. We we got all the cat Pokemon. I just looked through all 649 of them. I'm pretty sure there's, there's more than that. that. There's more than that. Yep. There's. I, I don't know. Say, there's like 700 yeah. now. Try again. Yeah. Sorry. They they put they put gener on this list. They put generation six. Like there's like a big space. I don't know why. I was gonna say wait a minute. That's not right. Um. Okay. I'm on the last generation though. Uh. There, yeah. Because there's Esper and Meowstic. Wow. There are not that many of these. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, like still, how we've, uh, we've come full 721. Circle. 721 Pokemon. That's how many there are now. I was going to say 741. I was off. Never mind. Okay, okay. So my, I think the biggest burning question with Pokemon Go is, 
what is your catchphrase going to be when you challenge someone to a fight? I really, really hope you can, like, input it or something, and then it just starts showing up on your phone if you walk by someone. They also have those little, like, bracelet <laughs> things. Did you see those? Uh, they, uh, I might have seen them, but I didn't remember them. They have bracelets. I don't know what the bracelets are for. I didn't actually look into it too much, but I saw it on Tumblr. Tumblr has been, like, prime on pokemon go stuff it's really funny like people are just like someone like doctor in an emergency room i'm sorry you can't be in here there's an operation and someone the, the person that walks in is like doctor lucario's in here and then the doctors all pull out their phones and start <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all of those like in every possible situation you could imagine they have that and it's literally the best thing. I love going through the Tumblr tag for Pokemon Go. It's literally also Twitter's been Twitter's been pretty on top of it too. There have been a couple good ones on Twitter. I love people. Except for me, you hate I me. I do hate. Have you made any Pokemon Go jokes? I don't think so. Therefore, I hate you. <laughs> what else do we have to talk about? I mean, we are getting kind of, and we're at yeah. forty-five on the Skype timer thing, it might be time to wrap wrap up unless there's something that someone felt like they didn't get to say or interject. Meow. No, I, I won't I, say I expected, anything. I expected that as soon as I finished speaking. I won't say anything about Ace Attorney. I'll Is refrain. there anything new about it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Since the last time. Oh, you poor, poor sheltered child. I know that you've posted on Game Cold new stuff about it. That's what I mean. Oh, there's so much more. I thought you we weren't looking at it. An anime. Oh, that. I finally get the anime, and I'm so happy. Also, they released a bunch of new stuff about the game. I just finished the article today because I was waiting in yeah, case I, they I, dropped I, any more bombs on us. They didn't. Thank God. I don't think uh, my heart would have taken it. See, I, yeah, I didn't think there was anything. It's yeah. new, Joe. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will stop talking. So he, here's an interesting thing. So Capcom makes Ace Attorney and Mega Man. Yes. There's talk of a Mega Man TV series coming out as well. Oh. Wouldn't it be interesting? Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if Capcom were taking advantage of, hey, we've got you know some studio we're working with or something. Let's make an anime or a cartoon series or something of a couple of our most popular franchises, put them on the air around the same time, and then you could have, like, the Capcom block oh, of Saturday morning so cartoons cool. or something. I know that... What great um, advertising. All I know, and all we know about the Ace Attorney anime at all at this point, is that it's going to begin in April of 2016. That's all they've told us. And That's like the first case, right? Well, they haven't told us what it's going to be yet. Ah. They said they're going to reveal more details in the coming months, but let me tell you, Miles Edwards is looking fine. So wait, when was the <laughs> when was the potential release date? Uh, April 2016 is when it's projected to start. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You you mean the actual real-world year, April 2016. Yes, I thought no. you were talking about yeah, in-game no, Phoenix, right? Actually, that is about right for the... Uh, eh, no, that may not be right. I'd have to look at my Maybe notes not. again. But 2016 is coming up, and that is the year of Ace Attorney. And I'm so <laughs> excited. I'm going to put all the dates in my phone and celebrate the days as they go by. But, so the mega I thought the Mega Man one was slated for 2017. 
I mean, they may just be still in production. They may not actually be coming out at the same time. We just said that would be cool. Sure. Yeah. Which it would be. It would be really cool. Right. I, I wasn't, I was just, that was just a clarifying question. That would be really cool, actually. I think that would be kind of awesome if that were to happen. I just, I, there's like part of me that would want the Mega Man one to be like a serious take on Mega Man. Part of me that wants it just to be more like the Ruby Spears one, but just continual, continuing. <laughs> I don't know if there is a way to really take Ace Attorney seriously. So I think it's just going to be. Yeah. See, fun. see there, you've got, you've got a pretty solid tone there. I'm just really excited to see Miles Edgeworth in an anime. <laughs> I'm emotionally not prepared but it'll be okay yeah i you should make me stop talking now okay it's so in sillier ace attorney news <laughs> nathaniel and i have decided that the next cosplay slash costume dress-up event we're gonna do i'm gonna be little plum kataki <gasps> because i actually have the body shape for it and he's gonna be guy eldoon oh my god Send me pictures. I wasn't serious about Gael Dune. I just thought it would be a fun costume in general. Oh my God, Not necessarily so for cool. me, but maybe I could pull it off. Oh my God. Well, you don't really have the shape for Mr. Kataki. No. So, for Kataki-san. So. Oh, I want this so bad. You can totally pull off Gael Dune, though. I really oh, want to see so you do excited. that. <laughs> you have to send me pictures. I need doodle hat. <laughs> That makes me really happy. Although it is from Paul Justice that knocks it down a few pegs, but I'm still really happy. <laughs> also, Paul Justice was just confirmed for the new game, and everyone else is happy, and I'm just like, well, maybe third time's the charm for character development? Maybe <laughs> it's time? Apollo, I'm going to give you another shot. Maybe it's time for you to get some character development? Well, you lose enough body parts, and that sort of substitutes for character he development, right? He didn't actually right? lose anything. He did not lose an eye. Oh, okay. No, it was a well. bummer. I was kind of hoping he did. But, um, <laughs> no. Well, because just... my only exposure to the Phoenix Wright series has been Michael Gray's playthroughs oh. on YouTube. And so I've gotten through the first three games, and I'm in just barely into the second case of Apollo Justice. And that's as far as I've seen and know about the series, aside from whatever else has trickled in and posts on GameCola. <laughs> yeah, he called me over to the computer this morning before he went out to work and went, you need to see these characters. I wasn't you like must that. Watch. He's like, you need to cosplay as this person. <laughs> She's even went. cooler than Bikini, who you were going to cosplay oh, as. Oh, I love Bikini. So then he showed it to me and I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty awesome. And I like that she has a sword hidden in her broom. Michael Gray has made a terrible, terrible mistake, though, because he asked, he sent me a Facebook message asking me if I want to come on for his walkthrough of Investigations 2 oh, on no. his channel. Oh, no. And I'm like, <laughs> um, if you're willing to deal with me in a completely Miles Edgeworth-centric game, that is your problem, your prerogative, <laughs> and I am so down. Sign me up. It's so funny to see the sharp contrast between the videos that Michael does of the Ace Attorney games and the ever ongoing playthrough yeah, that you're doing on our channel. It's a process. Because they're so, so completely different. I know, and I like it for that. I think it's hilarious. Everyone keeps asking me on my channel if I'm going to do an Ace Attorney Let's Play. And I'm like, look, here's the thing. I'm in college. I don't have the equipment to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing else to say other than 
It is a great time. I think I titled my article, It's a, a Good Time to Be an Ace Attorney Fan or something. Something like that. It was it was a great article, and it's basically just me talking about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why people even read Breaking anymore. It's just me talking about my feelings, but that's okay. No one wants to hear that. But they're articulate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they're informative. I pride myself on my articulate feelings. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that out of context. What what content what, what context would you put that in? That like... I don't know, but I don't want to know. I'm really tired. All right. Well then, why don't we? We should end this off now. Wrap things up. So thank you. Meow. Yes, meow. <laughs> thank you for watching, listening thank you. to this. Hey, I'm gonna let you finish, but first. My ratatai is better than every other ratatai. It's like in the top 20% of all ratatas. Oh, it's gone down. <laughs> Why? If you enjoyed, for some reason, if you enjoyed <laughs> listening to this episode oh, of I'm the so Game Cola podcast, then if you're you if you're listening to us um not on the website we have an actual <laughs> internet website gamecola.net gaming outside no. the mainstream no. gaming outside the mainstream <laughs> if you're on gamecola.net gaming outside the no. stream we have a youtube channel that we post um our podcast to you've also heard us talking about the various playthroughs like YouTube. ace attorney <laughs> gc.cap <laughs> I said a GC.net, the letter G, oh, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net, not the word cat. Um, yeah. Although I'd like to see where that takes <laughs> I'd like to see where that goes. Uh, let's Probably see. this podcast. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast on iTunes. You can check us out there. Just search Game Cola. Unless you thought this podcast was a mess, in which case, just don't worry about iTunes case, or rating the podcast there. Just don't worry about it. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter. Search Game Cola. You can check us out on Facebook. Just search Game Cola. Uh, you'll probably find it's the one with the guy. Don't. I think the GameCola.com might have a Facebook page, but I think we don't come like up. them. They're they're mean. Um, one day we'll get the GameCola.com domain and then like just have it redirect to GameCola.net and then we will have all the GameCola power in the universe. Take over the world. Oh, and of course there's, you know, we, we could get real listener mail and you can drop us yeah. a few lines. Yeah. Podcasts at GameCola.net. Podcasts at GameCola.net. Ask us questions. Uh, if you want to ask Jetty about posting fan information, email his email, uh, Jetty. Then I get really excited, and then what is it? I get really sad. Uh, what is here? <laughs> if just in case, just in case. We would prefer questions. Yeah. For uh, the podcast. For if. Although answers are fine too, and we can formulate yeah, we questions can, for them. Yeah, we can them. play Jeopardy on the podcast, and we can make up questions. Yeah. A. Jedrazak, Jed you can look up how to spell it on the Game Cola website. Um, <laughs> a Jedrazak at GameCola.net. If you have like Game Cola posting inquiries, that's where you go. Um, but if you want to send a question to the podcast, uh, please send it to us at podcast at GameCola.net, and we will read your questions and we will answer them. If you want um, me to talk about Ace Attorney more, I can do that. Yeah, if you if you if you want like if. If you feel we're censoring ourselves too much on a certain topic, 
that we like to talk about. Like Ace Attorney or Mega Man or those things we just like never talk about. Yeah, never talk about. We're always keeping ourselves under control on those topics. But if that's... Gosh, we're. I feel like we're the parents telling our listeners how to reach us when they're about to babysit our children before we go out for the night. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's that. Uh, and uh, I think... There's some leftover cake in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. You might not want to eat it. Um, just, and remember, if you need some more podcasts, after the title theme ends, you can listen to the last little snippet, okay? If you just need a little more podcast, that's there, okay? That was a okay. really weird voice. It was supposed to be, like, uh, the overbearing mother, but it didn't quite hit right. <laughs> so it just sounded weird. Always keeping it real with you, Joe. Keeping it real. All right. Well, thank you again. I always, I, I like... This the the end of the podcast. Thank you is probably the sincerest thank you I ever give. <laughs> thank you, thank you for listening through this entire podcast. Thank the Academy. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Love Yo. you. No. a second i'm gonna have to shut up and uh cutting this part of the podcast out <laughs> uh, uh where is it where is the topic file link i will get it for you I, can, I try to save it somewhere and then i never remember where it is so then i go back through my emails and try to find it